Blog Talk Radio. the truth can change you what will truth do to you I just want to be happy but if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain there's no one else I can blame if I'm not happy wasted time but now I can see the biggest enemy it was me so I'm not happy Cry yourself to sleep, shout and raise your hands, it won't change a thing, child, until you understand. If you're tired of being the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time for you to get out the way. But it only works in. If you want to be happy, look at yourself and say, Don't you want to be happy? Yeah. I just want to be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never start. So I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep, shout and raise your hand, it won't change a thing just till you understand. If I'm talking to you, then say, if you're tired of being the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time for you to get out the way. You've been there too long.
your Lord. Every day, ask yourself, Yes, pull over, let him drive. Welcome to another edition of the Urban War, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Just getting started here, um, I was trying to get my direct um, connect up, so but I'm having technical difficulties in, so I'm calling in live, so I hope the quality is decent. Um, does everybody hear me okay? Yes, so far so good. All right. Um, tonight, this is episode 76, and um, we're really going to talk about a lot that's going on in the world today, um, including the uh, devastating uh, attacks that took place this past weekend in France. We're going to definitely get in, get into that as well as some local news. And we're going to have some, you know, kind of like lighthearted conversation and stuff like that. Um, we're going to go to the lines. Um, I believe we have C. Johnson. Are you on online? Yes. All right. Welcome. Um, of course, Thank we have you. Michael Snyder. Um, yes. 812639. Um, is this JR? Oh, you know it is. All right, now, you know, we, we about to have a funky good time tonight. You know, we just getting started. We're already getting our um, cues lined up. We have a lot to discuss, as I mentioned. Um, also, guys, I just want to let you know we do have our Facebook page. If you have any questions and comments, um, I will be posing questions throughout the show. If you guys would like to respond, you're more, welcome, more than welcome to. Um you have our, like I said, we have our Facebook group group page where we'll have updates of upcoming broadcasts and things of that nature. We also have our YouTube channel. Um, feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to that channel as well. So, yeah, JR, we haven't heard from you in a while. So, what's what's been going on with you and um, just just in general? I know we we're back on with with the new spec, you know season and stuff like that. Uh, we haven't heard from you from a while, so, you know, just let us know what's going on with you. Oh, you know, uh, ending up moving back down to the area that I'm originally from, and, well, it, it, it's taking some getting used to going back to the sticks, you know, going from civilization down here to the sticks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back. You know, we're you know, I know we've been on a little hiatus for a while, but I know we all had a lot of things going on. And you know, it's sometimes good just to take a break, but you know, we're back now and you and gradually you're going to start seeing some changes and stuff like that with the show. We're just really trying to put something out there for everyone. We got some things in the making. Uh we're just trying to put a positive message out there. That's what we're about at the Urban Wire. And, um, you know, the Urban Wire is just one of the small pieces of um, the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers in our network. So um, we're going to jump 
into a quick song. I'm going to play another song real quick, and then we're going to come back um, on air, and we're going to get started because we got a lot to cover tonight. Um, Some of the things we're going to cover tonight, of course, we're going to get into the the devastating um, terrorist attacks that took place in uh, Paris. But we're going to also talk about um, some local and national news. Um, yeah, there was a, a young lady on IU Bloomington campus, which she was sexually attacked and um, assaulted. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to also talk about locally, there was a story where um, there, was, there was a pastor and his wife that moved down here from, I believe, um, South Carolina. They came here to start a church. And um, it's, it's very disheartening what happened to his wife. Like someone had broken into their house and um, attacked her and killed her. And she, she was, you know, she was pregnant too. So they were a young family. They were just here to make a difference. And they were here to reach out to people that usually wouldn't, you know, go to church. They were reaching out to the crowd of people that, you know, that were, I don't want to say undesirable, but like people that just weren't church, I guess, for lack of a better term. But we're going to get into that. Um, I know Miss DeAndra, she, she's supposed to come in tonight to do um, some reviews on reality TV and entertainment and stuff like that. So we will have her. Um, and also we're going to talk about, I don't know if I already mentioned this, um, in Chicago there was a young uh, young boy, a nine-year-old boy by the name of Tyshawn Lee that was Tyshawn Lee that was shot and killed. Um, and I think it was like a retaliation type of thing. But that just goes to show you there are just some evil people out here in the world. So we're going to get into that and also the fact that, you know, just just the type of parents that he had that they, they really didn't care about him, you know, and that pretty much used people's uh, charity to their advantage. So we're going to get into that. Um, and also we're going to be talking about these Patty LaBelle pies, all right? And I'm telling these queens have been going in over these pies on social media. Like, they, I mean, there's this this guy, um, his name is James Wright Chanel, and he really put these Pay LaBelle pies on, on the map because they are selling out. I know personally um, some people that have bought some pies and say they off the hook, and I, and I know some people now, and I'm not going to mention, mention any names, one one of my favorite cousins, she bought four or five of them them pies, and she act like she don't want to share a slice of that pie with anybody. But you know what? It's all good. Though. It's all good. You know. But we're gonna get into that. Um, but we're gonna have a really good show. Um, like I said, our our hearts are heavy tonight, um, and we're we're definitely in prayer for those who have lost their life. Lives in um in uh, Paris. I know there were a lot of people, a lot of uh, I think it was a lot of celebrities that were over there too. But um, as far as I know, everybody's okay. Um, but we're just in prayer for people that that have been impacted by that just that awful, just catastrophic event. So we will be back 
Um, if you would like to call in, feel free to call in at uh, area code 646-915-8200. If you have a comment, question, or if you just have um, something positive to add to the conversation tonight or if you have something that you would like to discuss. So we will be back briefly after this. We're having technical difficulties. Give me a quick second. down to the last part of my Patty LaBelle Sweet Potato Pie. Patty, I need a coin after this. But this wasn't how it was supposed to end. Ooh, this pie. Patty, 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 Patty! Girl! Patty! Patty! Pat, Pat! Patty, I'm talking to you, Patty. Patty. It makes no sense that every time I bite this damn sweet patty pie, sweet patty pie, it makes me want to say that. You are my friend. I never knew until then. Mm. My friend. Oh, my God. Somewhere over the rainbow. I have to get a little Starbucks to go with it this time. Hmm. Mm. Someday I wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. What's the words, boy? Huh? One of these mornings, you're gonna look for me, and I'll be gone. I'm going to a place where my mother and my father will be there. 
Patty would do something like that. And we'll just walk around heaven all day. But I hope when I get to heaven, they have patty pies. Lord, when I get to heaven, I hope they have patty pies. Patty pies. Patty. Patty pies. Yes. Patty cake make it shake, bitch. Patty cake make it shake. Patty cake. Patty cake make it shake. Like the phoenix from Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Patty LaBelle.
one, honey. I had to take y'all children to church tonight, honey. I had to take y'all to church tonight with Miss Patty LaBelle live. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Now, if that woman can make them pies as well as she can sing, then, honey, that's going to be a lot of salvation going on tonight, honey. I'm telling you, them pies must be off the hook if they make you sing like that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Steve. See, have you had have you had one of them patty pies yet? No, I haven't had a pie yet, but uh, I've been seeing everybody on social media, you know, with their pies. So um, um, it makes me want to go out and try to get one. <laughs> But you know, I hope they eat. I hope they cooking them pies. I think them people just taking those pies out that um, package and just eating them. You supposed to cook that pie for about twenty minutes. Yes. Oh my goodness! I'm telling you, boy. Huh? Oh nothing. I was just laughing. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, I'm just going to give y'all an inside story behind it. You know, we're going to start off with a little light, light-hearted news, and then we're going to get into our serious news here in a little bit. But pretty much um, this guy, he has he has a YouTube channel, and he has a Facebook page that has really went viral since he, he did this review on her pies. And there's a story from Bob on the read real quick um, entitled, Patty LaBelle Calls the Man Who Made Her Sweet Potato Pies Go Viral. Um, thanks to James White Chanel, Patty LaBelle's new line of sweet potato pies have been flying off the shelves at Walmart. James' spirited review of the singer's dessert went viral online this week as his satisfaction with the pie led to, led him to singing, If You Only Knew, Isn't It a Shame, and When You've Been Blessed. The clip has been sent, been viewed over 6 million You. Six million times and has led to an increase in sales for the singer who has also reposted the video on her own personal Facebook page. Jay's review was so good that he also received a phone call from Miss LaBelle. Fox 32 News in Chicago reports. In a Skype interview with James, he detailed his conversation with the singing legend, also sharing that he was crying like a baby. And pretty much she kept thanking me, and she kept thanking me and just kept telling me how much she loved me, and she kept telling me to be me. She was like, boy, you can sing. Patty LaBelle's review has led others to review the dessert as well, including actor Lance Gross. Um, and uh, watch James Chanel share his story of, of the conversation with Patty LaBelle, which you can find it on his YouTube channel. And um, I'm telling you, like, I just love, me personally, I love Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is just, she just has so much love for everybody. Like, you know, and my thing is, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I can just picture, you You know how Aretha Franklin is. I can see her sitting there on that couch in the dark with them lips poked out and with them big old turkey strudel arms folded, <laughs> rolling her eyes, talking about, hmm, I bet you them pies are nasty. 
I bet you she can't cook like me. I said, well, I said, well, the, the, I said, girl, don't don't hate on Miss Taylor Bell. I said, cause you still you still are the reigning queen. You are the queen of pork. So you know what I'm saying. You stay in your lane, and she can stay in her lane. You see what I'm saying? No disrespect to you know to Aretha Franklin, but I can just see. Her just sitting there with them poked out. I said, I wish I would taste a piece of that pie. It'd be a cold day in hell, baby. I said, but you know. <laughs> now, you know you know how she got that attitude anyway. You know how she got that diva attitude. Can't nobody compare to her on stage. You know good as well. Can't nobody compare to her in the kitchen. She, she got that attitude. So, mm-hmm. honey. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just how I feel. So I'm just going to leave that one alone. And uh, we're going to go to, we we just have another caller that just called in. Uh, we're going to go to the lines. Um, call 317-717. Do you have a comment or a question or are you just listening at this point? Yes, I have a comment. Mm-hmm. Okay, my comment is that I think that everybody is following trends, and that's fine because that's what typically happens when uh, social media is explored. However, I do feel like uh, the whole ordeal with the pies, it's a great idea, but people are actually getting sick behind eating these pies because they're not cooking them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think think if more people had – uh, more grandparents around. You know, it's a lot of young parents and young women having kids, babies having babies, basically, and they really don't know nothing about cooking. So they're taking this opportunity, you know, to really enjoy something that had they had that good old grandma, you know, cook them something, they could really enjoy it. And I don't think they would be this overly excited about a pie, but I think it's more so of a trend. Yeah, yeah. And I and I do agree with you on that because I I was actually like if you actually read the directions on the back it tells you that you have to cook those pies and I just think that man that just goes to show you there's a lot of what I call sheeple out there I mean you're just jumping <laughs> in, you know what I'm saying and and they're not even, yeah. you can't even read come on now you now you come on now. <laughs> hey you, you mind if I throw a few in this. Do you mind if I throw a couple of cents into this, sir? Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so, you know, like you were saying, we have sheeple nowadays. I mean, common sense has really left and eluded the newer generations. We're living in a society that requires us to have a warning that contents in a coffee cup may be hot. Okay, uh, I didn't get sweet tea. I know I didn't order sweet tea in a coffee mug. So, you know, it, does it really shock you that people are getting some kind of food poisoning or getting sick or what so from undercooked uh, um, pies? You know, it doesn't shock me at all. You know, I mean, it yeah, really doesn't. There's a lot of people who have gotten really sick behind eating these pies. I mean, this is not to demean Patty LaBelle at all. 
I'm a huge no, no. fan of Patti LaBelle, and I love the fact that she's doing well as far as her pie selling. But, I mean, at least if you're going to be, you know, enjoying something like that as far as food, you, I mean, that's something you have to be very careful about. You can't just go eating right. things and not reading the directions. You know, people are really getting sick. Like, I had saw, I was reading some article on uh, online, and they were stating that, like, over um, 1,200 people have reported, you know, to local hospitals stating that, you know, they've gotten some sort of food poisoning. I don't know if that's just to be wow. funny or whatever, but. I have seen a lot of the videos, and these people are really like cutting the pie fresh out of the box. Like, uh, yeah, I've seen. Right. Now, I've never <laughs> yeah. seen, seen one of these pies at Walmart before, but then again, it's not unusual because when I go to Walmart, I got my head down, I get my shop, and I get the hell out of there. But <laughs> just you know, I, I I am right now currently sitting in the Walmart parking lot. I'm wondering if I can go in there, grab me one of them pies, and then attempt to go out for the voice. You know, well, I think you might be best of luck. <laughs> no. I'm just curious. I mean, does it is it in the refrigerated section? Is it frozen or you know, it has to be no in the frozen idea. section. It is frozen. No, I think it is in the refrigerated section if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Would you like to for me to do an eye in the sky thing and go in there and report live from Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to do a review on that because you know we're gonna keep it one hundred and just say, hey, this this is what it really is. Now, speaking of Miss Patty Labelle, did any of you see the special done on Man versus Food um, when they went to her restaurant? No, no. Uh-uh. Y'all didn't see that? Oh my God! Okay, so the the guy that did Man versus Food when it was still on, because he's lost all kinds of weight now, he doesn't do his show anymore. But uh, she's also got a chicken and waffles restaurant. Okay, and it, 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 her claim was that her chicken and waffles were better than they, all her competitors, right? So Adam, uh, what was his name? Adam, uh, he he was the host of Man vs. Food. Anyways, he took up that challenge and uh, went to go back back into the kitchen all, and she showed him the recipe on how she made her grandma's uh, fried chicken. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I mean, I, I'm, that was the one time that I was sitting there in my room just wishing smell vision was a real thing. You know, because that, that just looked too good. <laughs> like, I mean, she has a lot of you know good um, recipes out there. I mean, I, I don't, I don't doubt for a minute that she she's a an excellent cook, and I think that she's more now that she's gotten older. She's more kind of promoting in a way. Like I know she she's promoting more healthier eating too, because I know some of her cookbooks um, are diabetic friendly. Because she she is a person that deals with diabetes, you know, and she's discussed that throughout the years. So, um, oh, but I like the caller said. I feel that a lot of people need to just quit being such you know be followers and just just. Use some common sense, like when you're consuming things, you know what I'm saying? And don't get caught up in just the name. You know, you just have to use common right. sense when, you know, when you're consuming things. All right, well, so I'm I am a, entering Walmart in Jasper, Indiana. <laughs> I was okay. going to say, I have a similar experience. Um, I have went to at 
Atlanta. And one of the popular uh, restaurants there is Gladys Knight Restaurant. Now, uh-huh. I don't know if you, I don't know if you are familiar with that, but um, this is like one of the most anticipated restaurants. They're always saying, you know, you should try this. A great attraction there. A lot of people go there. Like literally, when we got there, we were standing in line for like almost an hour just to get inside. Um, wow. Like I said, yeah, it, it was a great, a huge line, and it's always like that, you know. Um, so, I, you know, we're waiting here, and I'm anticipating, you know, this food is going to be great. I have read some uh, great reviews, a little mixed reviews, because, you know, typically when you try new things, you want to look around and see what's best. So I said, you know, we're going to go ahead and stay here, and we'll try it. So we get in there. Needless to say, the food was horrible. And, oh, um, wow. Yeah, the the food was horrible. And it's supposed to be a Southern cuisine restaurant. You know, they this is where they are, like, it's where Southern food originated from. You know, it's supposed to be the best of the best. And when I got there, I was like, mm, I don't know about it being, you know, one of the Southern Dell restaurants. Like, it was something that I wouldn't yeah. associate with the South. So, you know, I was really upset about that. And I guess it was my fault, you know, because I, you know, like many, I listen to the hearsay, and, you know, I think mm-hmm. when it comes to trying out new things, you just have to be open, but you have to not just take everybody's word for it. Your own experience right. is the best experience, and I mm-hmm. think that's what's happening with these patty pies. I think people are just losing their mind because it is a trend, and that's fine. Like I said, it's, that's the new thing. Social media is right. ruling the world. People are going out and just doing any and everything. It's It's crazy, but... I hope no one else gets sick from this, like, really, because this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that's so, you know, we got to move on, but this is a, uh, a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about next. Um, and speaking of social media, I think that uh, in, in talking about that, we have to also be careful and not getting caught up in the hype. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about that story that took place in Chicago. We're going to go to a clip clip here in a second that puts everything in perspective, but um, about that young boy, that nine-year-old boy, Tyshawn Lee, that got shot, and they think it was gang-related. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the parents were just kind of – I really questioned them. Like, I think a lot of that came from their irresponsibility and how they lived their life. But a lot of people got caught up in the hype and started donating. And you have to be careful when you donate to certain causes. Like, um, I guess they had, like, a GoFundMe account. And I guess they have donated over $30,000 to Tyshawn's mother. And instead of her paying her child, you know, paying for her child's burial, what does she do? She takes the money and buys herself a brand-new car. And then she well, gets you know, on social media. Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wonder why the process was still there. I did read, uh, I saw that whole situation taking place, but it was interesting you just brought that up because I just had this conversation with a friend of mine. She was saying, do you think the mother was wrong for buying a car? And I was saying, well, you have to look at it from two perspectives. Number one, this woman just lost her son. That should be her main focus. But when I saw her interview about why she bought the car, it you know it changed my whole mind because I was like, yeah, who would think about buying a car at a time like that? 
But when she had, right. you know, spoke about it, it made more sense. She basically was stating that with that situation, she went ahead and bought the car because she said um, her son's funeral arrangements were already taken care of as far as expenses. And she said, look at the situation now. They're still living in Chicago, which is a dangerous or dangerous area right now. Um, and she was like, they were walking. But, you know, if there's extra money and she purchased the car for her and the rest of her children who are still living to, you know, be mobile and get to and from, I don't think that was a bad thing. I think the media well, sort of took it and ran with it. Well, this is what I heard, and we're going to go to the clip here in a minute. From what they were saying, because the father, he got online and did a GoFundMe page, too, because he claimed that she did not pay funeral arrangements. And then for me, mm-hmm. for you to get online and you, you know, and they said this this woman, you know, just 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 her history on social media and how she got all these videos online of her going in and cussing and acting a fool online, and then you want to get online and cuss out the people that and go in on the people that donated to you, you you know, you know, and that, and that goes to because that's, that's I see a lot of that like people taking these donations online for, for specific reasons, and then you spend the money on the way you want to. No, it doesn't work like that. If someone's donating to a specific cause, then that's what that money should go to. But that's just my opinion. And then for you to get online and then want to cuss people out and go in on people, that's just that's that's not cool. But what you need to do is take that money instead of staying up in Chicago. You need to be trying to move up out of Chicago instead of staying and around in that, that same too. neighborhood around them same bum-ass people that got your child killed. You need to take that money and do something else more constructive with it. But that's just my opinion. You see what I'm saying? I said the same I said, thing. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just want to go to this clip real quick because this, this is going to break down what actually happened. And then when we come back, um, I, want, I want to get your guys' opinion about just the whole situation because I really think right now um, I was talking to um, a lady I work with at work, and she was just telling me right now in Chicago because she, she's from Gary. And she's familiar, you know, she has family in Chicago and stuff like that. She was saying, like, right now it's just a lot of demonic stuff going on in Chicago. Like, it's it's like a huge gang war right now. And they're urging people, if you go to Chicago, to exercise caution because there is a lot of stuff that's going on up there right now. And um, we're just going to go to this clip real quick, and then I'm going to come back, and then we're going to discuss it some more. Uh, Monday afternoon. At about 4.30, right behind us uh, in this tea alley, uh, Tyson Lee was murdered uh, in probably the most abhorrent, cowardly, unfathomable crime that I've witnessed in 35 years of policing. And I want to be clear that at this point, we believe that uh, Tyson was targeted, lured to this spot, and murdered. And we believe that this is the most recent in a series of gang-related violent events that may go back as far as August, may go back a little further than that. What happened is Ashan Lee took us to a new low. This wasn't a drive-by. This was not a spray of bullets. A baby was executed. A baby was assassinated right behind us in this alley. This has grieved hearts and touched hearts across America as it should. It has got to do more than touch us because we have gone to a new low that's removed 
what used to be some codes, some some barriers, some lines that used to be drawn in the community, some things in the city that was not acceptable. It's given an okay to cowards. Now we're going to target family members, we're going to target mothers, we're going to target grandmothers, we're going to target babies. There's an execution of a baby took place on our watch in the city of Chicago. We must now put the code back. We've got to draw the line back. We've got to put the barriers back saying this here is not going to be tolerated. It's not going to be tolerated in the city of Chicago as long as we're still citizens in Chicago. We need people to turn in this coward. As the superintendent mentioned, I've gotten a lot of calls. I know the police have gotten a lot of calls. A lot of information has come in from the community, and we're grateful for that. But we need someone to take the next step. We need someone to come forward now and say, you know what, my conscience will not allow me to be quiet while a baby was executed in this city. Take the next step. All right, we're back. Um, that, I believe that was, the, I don't know if that was police chief that was talking, but I I just wanted to play that clip. You know, uh, it's it's really sad. Like, we live in, in, a, in a society now where people have no value of life. And it, and it goes to show you have to be careful how you live your life because you never know how that stuff's going to fall back on yourself or the people around you that you care about. And it's just, like you said, it's just an all-time low. We, we're getting to a point in society where even even the young, innocent children are not safe from violence of this nature. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, just, I just pray for the family. I just pray for that community, you know, and just, just I really pray for the kids or the youth that live in that in that environment because, you know, I just, you know, especially his, you know, his friends and stuff like that. I mean, who, you know, it's just how do, how do you deal with that at that age, knowing that someone around your age or a friend or whoever, or your brother, sister, or whoever, that you've seen every day and that you that you went to school with and that you played with and chilled with and everything else was just shot down like that. You know, that's a lot for any young person, let alone an adult, you know, to deal with. So, um, you know, it's, it's so much going on, you know, even even here in Indianapolis. Um, and we're, we're going to try to get to that um uh, story next about that pastor um, that lost his wife, his pregnant wife, which she was killed in her own home. And it was like, a, I guess it was a burglary gone wrong. But it's just like, man, you really have to be prayed up and you just have to learn how to, I don't know, it's just a lot going on. Um, we have another caller online. I'm going to go and um, let them um, um, say, you know, give their comment. Um, caller three one seven two two five. Do you have a comment or question, or are you listening at this point? Um, actually, I just called in. It's Dustin from uh, where you work at. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Um, we're just so, right now, right now, we're just talking about a lot of stuff. Um, current events right now. We're going to talk about France in the second hour, but we're just talking about the young boy that was um, senselessly like gunned down like in Chicago and it's just like to me I think it's it's it's, it's really sad we're living in a day and time where life is not valued and you know um, anytime 
we get to a point where we're killing innocent kids just to get back at someone else. I really think it's 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 it really shows the times that we're living in. You know, so I mean mm-hmm. it's life isn't valued of these days amongst almost all spectrums. I mean look at music, look at movies, look at look at socially, look at you know, even people don't even shake no more abortions for any reason at all. They don't shake when you sit there and you watch movies where, you know, half the people are killed in it. It's we we've gotten to this point in society where you're right, life doesn't matter. Well, at least that's what people think, right. you know. I think a lot of people, right. I honestly think a lot of people think it's like almost like video games where if they die, they'll get like a second or third life, you know. They don't realize that this is it. Right. And I and I think that's really unfortunate. Um, um, Michael C., you've been kind of quiet. So you have anything to say about this particular situation or um, – like did you have you did you hear about this story in the news? See, see. Sorry, yes, I did, and um, it is so unfortunate that this child has to lose his life over um, the senseless behavior of the adult. And what is so inhumane to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if this is the same story where they interviewed the father and the father yeah. was just like he had no remorse and he had um no no sorrow for what was done to his son. And he cooperate with the police. No, not at all. And it was almost like okay, he was saying, Well, my and it was almost like him saying, okay, my child was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that's a damn shame. Excuse my language, but it really is. And any time you get caught up in mess like that and you want to willingly sacrifice your child just to save yourself, then you just do me the harshest punishment that there is because your child, because this child did not act to, you know, be here, and his mm-hmm. child was just walking mind in his own business. And I'm not going to say that the child was in the wrong place at the wrong time because the child, like, I don't know what the child was doing, but I'm not going to say he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I'm saying that these people don't say to him because they wanted to get back at the family, especially at the father. But the father, needs he needs to pay, and he needs to be ashamed of himself. Point one, yeah. he really does. Well, one of the things that gets me is it, it actually, I'm not surprised that that's the attitude the dads carry. I'm not surprised at all. Because if this is a gang revenge killing, that means he's tied in with it. Yeah. That means he's part of that culture. He is part of that mindset. He is part of that. So it, his attitude towards it like that is actually sad to say, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And like I said, this goes back to the whole thing. I said, y'all want to sit up here, and this is my thing. You know, you want to sit up here and live that lifestyle. You want to, you know, you know, and gang bang and, and do all this stuff out here living just recklessly. And then when your behind gets shot or one of your kids get killed or something like that, then you want everybody to 
show you mercy and take up the slack. I said, y'all out here living any kind of way. You you don't you don't have any type of insurance. You know what I'm saying? And then you become a burden on everybody else. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just a low level type of mentality and way of living. And people have to get out of that out of that mindset. You know, nothing's gonna change until the mindset of people change. You know what I'm saying? There's, there there comes an end to all these things. You know, when you out here living any type of way, you're out here doing anything, it's gonna come back to you. And and people don't realize that. If it if it doesn't impact you, it's gonna impact someone that's close to you. So you, you mm-hmm. really have to really be mindful on how you live your life because you know it, it, it can affect it can affect the, the person that that's closest to you or you know I, I don't know it's it's just it's just really disheartening the whole situation is it is well can I know I, I was just oh yeah go ahead oh if you're go ahead <laughs> I, I was just gonna chime in and say I think the situation is really unfortunate but I mm-hmm. think uh, as a whole we all owe ourselves a greater responsibility to say okay, this is not okay. I think a lot of the times it's easier to tip the bill off on, you know, movies and uh, radio. And and this is not to discredit what I think he was trying to say a little bit ago because I definitely do agree with him. But I think that when things like this happen, we're quick to say, okay, this is because of movies and the reality that we see on TV. But we live reality every single day. We don't need a movie or TV or a radio or anything like that to influence what we know is already wrong. When you pick up Mm -hmm. a gun, you know that that's a conscientious decision that is wrong. Somebody's going to get killed. Somebody's going to get hurt. That's why we owe ourselves a greater responsibility to start, you know, taking that initiative and saying, this is enough. Like, with the situations that's going on in Chicago, I think they're up to, like, I, I think it's like 400 murders. Since this year yeah. began, that's utterly ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And you really have and the, the nickname Chirac now. That's that's the that's yeah. the, that's what they call Chicago now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and that's that's the reality that we're living in, and that's because it's. I don't want to say that it's socially acceptable, but it's almost like they're immune to it. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. like they're immune to it. It almost and I, is socially acceptable. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um. No, we got. I mean, even like I, I'm not blaming the website because it's just a website. But look at World Star Hip Hop. I happened to click on a fight today because I'm being oh, curious. Wow. I seen it on Facebook. Yeah, and you know what? You know what you hear in the background the whole time? These adults are fighting, or the kids screaming no. You got the video of the one little kid whose mom is telling her to pump the other little kid, and it's like mm. we're we're just we're we're just to that point where. And, and and I know it's not video games, and, and I would and I know it's not just all the music's fault, but people like you know, and I shouldn't have done it. But as long as we keep on clicking on world star hip hop videos, mm-hmm. they're going they're, they're they're going to be posted. And, and you know I'm what? That's it, so it, I'm pointing That's the fingers so at myself first, you know, because I did it today, and I heard the little well, kids hey. in the background screaming, and I'm like, man, I don't even know why I did that before. You know, I guess curiosity kills the cat. I'm picking on you. I'm not picking on you, but I just wanted to take a little part because I think that is a big part that, you know, a lot of us need to start dealing with. And it's not just, you know, like I said, I wasn't trying to discredit you or come at you in any type of way because, like I said, some of the things you're saying are definitely true. I'm pointing the finger at myself first. 
With like like you said, media, I'm pointing it at myself first. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. With social media, I was just going to say, like, with social media, a lot of the times we click and share. But that's why things mm-hmm. like that are as big as they are. You know, a lot of these sites, they've made it popular to be on the websites fighting. Why? Because someone is clicking and sharing. you got fights uh, that are uh, have gone viral up to like a million-something views because people have shared it. What is so entertaining about somebody getting beat to a pulp or just being brutalized, you know, publicly and socially? That's the, that's the world we live in, and they've made it socially okay, and that is ridiculous. That's what we have to stop doing. Like when I see things like that, I'll delete the people that share them. I, I don't right. like that negativity. I don't want to see that because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, in real life, we deal with a lot of those things. We've seen that before. What is so positive that that needs to be shared? What is so good right. about that 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 needs to be shared? Uh, you know, I saw something a little while ago about a man who, you know, was molesting a child, and I couldn't believe people were really sharing this. That's what I said. Those nasty and, you know, horrifying right. images are going viral, and that's because it's been publicly made okay for people to do that. And that's why I said those are the things we have to stand up and say enough is enough. I don't want that. That's not what I'm for. I don't represent this. This is not what we're going to represent. We have to stand up and say no. So let me ask you this before, because we have another call on air, and I want to get to them. Um, I want to ask you, like, do you think we live in an age now where we, everybody wants to be – it's about validation. Everybody wants to see who gets the most Twitter likes or the most Facebook oh, likes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everybody yeah, wants I to be famous. I think we stooped to an all-time low, as you were saying, seven months. I, I really agree with a lot of you're saying, seven months, because it really makes sense. And it's really sad that we have stooped to a level to where we feel that, like you said, like I, I don't, I, you know, it just seems like everybody wants validation, and and people are willing to sell their soul. To oh, get that mm-hmm. validation, and you know, and mm-hmm. it's just really sad. It's really sad. Um, we're gonna go to area code four zero four nine two one. Um, do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening at this point? Uh, I'm just now coming in, so uh, shout out to y'all for doing this show. But uh, y'all got to bring me up to speed on the conversation, man. I just came in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we first of all, we want to thank you for um just calling in and listening. Uh, we're just talking about right now, um, we're going to get to the Paris attacks in the second hour. But right now, we're just talking about the whole, um, I don't know if you know about the situation of the young boy in Chicago, Tyshawn Lee, that got, um, that was senselessly gunned down, uh, and it was gang-related. We were just talking about that situation, and we were just talking about um, social media and how um, a lot of people are willing to sell their souls for validation. So we're talking about a little bit of everything right now. We're just talking about um, a lot of current events and things that are happening locally and nationally. And, uh, you know, feel free to jump in anytime. You know, we'll leave, leave your mic open and stuff like that. But that's what we're pretty much talking about right now. And I think, and I wanted to throw this in here too. It doesn't help too when we have a lot of these reality TV shows, uh, like the real, in, in those shades, and I'm guilty of watching them too. When we have these reality TV shows like The Real Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop and the Black Ink Crew and all that, and and, and we find that stuff, uh, we find that stuff entertaining. Seeing people go in on each other and fighting one another and cussing each other out 
and doing this, that, and the other, going in reading each other. And I, and I think we we all we I, I you know like I said I'll, I'll point the finger at myself, you know I watch that stuff, but really it, it's really starting to create a culture, even with these young people, they think that that's acceptable. Like a lot of people don't think that these people, this is a lot of this stuff is, and I'm not gonna say some of it's not, you know, um, reality, but a lot of people gotta realize that this stuff is staged. You know, you can't go in on somebody in real life and, and, and hook somebody's ass and beat somebody and think there's not going to be consequences. They don't show the consequences behind what these people do. And that's why a lot of these people have legal problems. They have a lot of problems off camera, but they don't show that stuff. They just show what you see on TV. You know what I'm saying? And I think we live in that kind of culture where, you know, we glorify that stuff, but we don't want to talk about the consequences, too. So I don't know if you guys agree with that or... No, I agree. Yeah, uh, oh, you go ahead, Jim. I, I, I was just going to say, you, you should, uh, when you look at those shows, just look at the credits at the end. You'll see producers, you'll see writers, you'll see uh, lighting technicians, you'll see everything that a sitcom would have. So these aren't real moments. Uh, even though it's called reality TV. Now, the fact that they starve us uh, as far as seeing black faces on TV and therefore we'll, we'll kind of gravitate towards anything, uh, there's also an aspect of this is kind of who we are now. Uh, we really enjoy putting each other down and playing, you know, like back in the day they used to call it the dozens and all of that and always trying to one-up each other. So there, there is a part of, of, of us to where that's what's going on and that's problematic and something that we do need to fix because these are the things that make it so difficult for us to actually uh, build communities. Uh, the fact that manners is looked at as something that's not to respect. Uh, the fact that somebody's speaking in a certain way we see as soft. So there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of depth that you can find in just looking at our ratings for those shows. Right. So let me ask you this, um, I'm assuming um, by your area code that you're from the Atlanta area. Um, do you see that like a big part of the culture down there in Atlanta? Because, you know, you have a lot of the reality TV shows that are based out of Atlanta. Do you see, is it, is it as glamorous as they portray it is? Like, you know, the scene down there in Atlanta, like, you know, everybody wants to move down there. They want to that reality TV star. They want they think that it's all glamorous, but uh, with, with you, I don't know if you actually live in Atlanta, but like, is that the case? You think? Um, no, it, it, it's like any other black area. There's some people doing really, really well, and there's some people doing really, really bad. So if they just show us the pictures of the people doing really well and have them acting, you know, ridiculous on TV, you know, that's kind of the the idea that you get. But no, I, w- I wouldn't call that real Atlanta. Though. I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't say that. I wanted to say that's, something that's, too you know, in regards to that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just want to say something in regards to that. I think that with I think with these reality TV shows, it's important to understand that their reality is not our reality. Um, at the mm. end of the day, these people are rich. They go home to a mansion. Um, that you know, this is their that's their reality. We don't share the same reality as them because it's almost insulting to call that reality TV because reality TV will be getting up every day going to punch into somebody's clock, 
dealing with the hardships yeah. of everyday life, like, am I going to be able to eat? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? To me, that's more of a reality because not everybody is a millionaire. Not everybody has the financial stability to be able to say, I live this lavish lifestyle. So that's why I say it's so confusing and so conflicting for people to sit there and say, that's reality TV. Like, is it really? I think that's the misconception that people have gravitated to. They, You know, they hold on to that and say, okay, well, it's cool. I like the shows. You know, I watch them. I'm guilty. Um, but I, I also, you know, when I'm looking at these shows, I noticed that a lot of these people who are on the reality TV show say it was a platform for them to go on and do bigger and better things. But uh-huh. in the midst of you going on to do bigger and better things, look at the image that you're leaving for people who are viewing you. This is what they see. They don't see that you're going on to do bigger and better things. Yeah, they may see that you're on another show or a spinoff show, but at the end of the day, they're still dealing with the negativity of their real neighborhood that they're living in. You know, that's why I said the realities don't match. And I think more people need to understand that. Yeah. And I agree totally with you because, like like I said, you know, even when these people get into the trouble that they get into, they have money. And resources to get out of that trouble, and and a lot of people Absolutely. don't see the behind that behind that type of behavior. Because if you know the average Joe small like us, we get into that trouble, we gonna be in for for the long haul. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. Exactly. Lot, and and let's keep let's let's keep let's keep it all the way real. They enjoy that lifestyle while they're on that show. I uh, think exactly. once they leave that show, and opportunities start to dry up. You'll see them downgrading from that house they were in, which usually was rented. And it's kind of like a football player thing to where you see when most football players retire, uh, that that whole lifestyle has to change because they'll they'll never make that amount of money again. And, you know, it's an ugly cycle to see people uh, who've been propped up for a minute fall really, really fast. True. That's so true. Right. Um, guys, we have another caller that just joined online. I'm going to go give them an opportunity. Um, caller 317-294, um, are you listening at this point, or do you have a comment? Uh, we've been talking about um, social media, and, and we've talked about a little bit everything. We were talking about the situation with the young boy that got um, gunned down in Chicago, and, uh, you know, we haven't got the story yet. If not, we'll, we'll just save it to the next show about the, the, the woman that – um, here in Indianapolis, that was the uh, pastor's wife, and she was at home, and someone broke in the house and killed her. She was pregnant. Um, we were just talking about that, and just talking about just just how where we're going at as a society, and and how um, even even down to social media, how everybody wants validation, and who can who can get the most Twitter likes, who can get the most Facebook likes. Um, we were just talking about a little bit of that. Um, do you have anything to add on to that as far as, you know, that she's concerned? No, I'm just listening. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to move on really quick. Um, I know it's, the, it's in the second hour. Um, I know, Michael, before we jump into the Paris attacks, because I really wanted you, because you had a good perspective on that, because when things like this happen, we want to start pointing a finger at different groups of people, and I know we discussed this the other night, but I know you had something that you wanted to talk about as far as the um, LDS church um, and about um, what's going on with them real quick. 
Yes. Uh, over the weekend, Saturday, well, I guess I'm getting too far ahead of myself, the uh, Mormon Church uh, had come out with some new policies that were supposed to actually be kept kind of quiet, but someone pushed them out to mainstream media. And basically what it says is that children, and this is going according to the NewYorkTimes.com, Children of same-sex couples will not be able to join the Mormon church until they turn 18. And only if they move out of their parents' homes, disavow all same-sex relationships, and receive approval from the church's top leadership. Um, Also, it says any Mormons that are in same-sex marriages will be considered apostates and ordered to undergo church disciplinary hearings that would lead to excommunication. From the church, um, one, a lot of the people interviewed were pretty, uh, pretty much in quite an uproar about it because they had said that it was pretty sad that you could find people that were basically you could be born to an unmarried couple, you could be born to rapists and murderers, and you could be baptized and blessed. But you could not be baptized and blessed if you're the children of a monogamous couple. So in response to some of this uh, new protocol that the Latter-day Saints Church had put out, there was a gathering at the headquarters. And at the large gathering, which I believe was estimated to be approximately 2,000 people, they had 1,500 people actually drop resignations to the church all in one day. Oh, wow. So I know the church had taken to Twitter and everything, telling people, you know, please think about this, don't do this, you really don't want to do this, yada, yada. But that's the new rule that the church is imposing. And for a while, the Mormon faith had almost seemed like it was going to play nice with gay people, at least on a semi-tolerant level, but then now after this, this is where they had the protest over the weekend and lots of resignation. So just oh, something wow. I noticed here in the news that, you know, a definite standpoint and a definite outcry to that, and a pretty good-sized number, actually, for a congregation there, there in one city. Yeah. But you, I'll say this about the, the Church of Latter-day Saints, man. They've been in the news, like, a lot in the past recent years. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of came out of that church or uh, about that movement because, uh, you know, they were so secretive for so long. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and a lot has started to come out about them, and they do not like the fact that cause they've, they've always been a real private group of people. And uh, they almost had, like, their own nation within the nation, you know, and um, just some of the stuff that has came out. I can't think of the one uh, lady. She was on Dr. Phil. I think she she was one of the people that escaped that cult, and they were just talking about how, uh, like, they had placed a, a large amount of fear in people. Like, if you left, they would literally try to hunt you down and kill you because they didn't want their secrets getting out to the world. Like, there was a lot of abuse like similar to the Scientology type thing? Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, like Scientology? 
Yeah, yeah, I know that yeah. a lot of stuff's come out on them lately, and they're they're about the same way. They're they're basically a cult that is once you. And I, I've heard a lot about Scientology how they'll they literally if you go against them and they bring you back, they will literally send you off to camps and you know they've got they've got towns I guess you would call them that you know almost the whole mayor almost the whole town is ran by Scientologists. So they just take you back there, the sheriff's down with it, every and you know, you're basically in I guess almost like Scientology jail, you know, and they make sure they'll keep you locked down and this and that and can't nobody do nothing because everybody's there. Is yeah, down and I know with the, it. The and, and, and the, the sheriffs and stuff are down with it. When it comes to gay people in the Mormon faith, if they found out you were gay, if you wanted to stay in the church you had to undergo their forms of reparative therapy. And that was not always really pretty. Ooh. Yeah, all, all organizations like that who don't want their business in the light, it's because they have things to hide. It's like an abusive relationship where the person doesn't want the other person to talk to their family because they don't want you to know what's actually going on. Right. So every time uh, you, you get a bunch of information about Mormons, uh, you, you'll find problematic things in there. And, Let's be real. Uh, that that special that HBO did on Scientology, you can you can find that, and and that'll explain a lot for you. But the Mormon Church was founded on that's Native American land. Those people didn't disappear; they were killed. That all that all that land they're on, there were a lot of tribes out there. They're gone. Uh, then they had a fight against the U.S. government because they wanted to have sovereignty out there, and they actually lost that fight and had to concede. But uh, that group has always been ridiculous, so I just laugh when new stuff comes out about them. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys, um, we're going to move along. Um, I really want to get to this whole, like, catastrophic just event that took place in uh, Paris, France over the weekend where there were just countless um, lives lost. And I really, I really want to send a shout-out to – uh, everyone that has supported um, those families and just those individuals overseas. I know we had a lot of, like, tourists. There, I think there was a couple celebrities that were overseas um, during that time as well. Um, I just I just wanted to just say that um, our thoughts and prayers are with those individuals over there. Um, but I guess, like, right now, they're pinning this on that extremist Muslim group, ISIS. And, and this is my thing about the whole entire situation. I don't want it to be a thing where we're starting to point a finger at the wrong people, at the wrong groups of people. And, Michael, I know we discussed this the other day because you remember when 9-11 happened, how there were, like, Muslims, like the Islamic faith in general was put under scrutiny because of the acts of a small percentage of, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, of extremists. And I I just wanted to kind of segue that conversation that we had, or kind of, you know, bring forth that conversation that we had the other night. Yeah, what you kind of what we point. were thinking of was, you know, the group doing that type of terrorism is an extremist fundamentalist group. They're no different than the extremist fundamentalist groups that we have over here in America that are Christian-based. And obviously not on the scale of committing uh, domestic terrorism, but 
look at the Westboro Baptist Church, you know, how vulgar and, you know, picketing soldiers' funerals, how vulgar they are and how bad they are. They're extremists and fundamentalists. I mean, you know, they're, you know, the Muslim faith as a whole is not bad faith. It's just that you have in every faith and every walk of life this extremist and fundamentalist people out there that are just, well, sick and freaking nuts. Yeah. And I know, I know, Jr. I'm surprised you haven't jumped in yet about the Westboro Baptist Church. I know that's a topic to get you on every time. <laughs> I know you. You know, you know what? What can you say about them nuts over there? Seriously, you know they—the they, Westboro Baptist Church is the fundamentalism, just the same as this woman here, who out of Massachusetts was it, who just won a, a, a battle to wear a spaghetti straighter on her head for her license picture. You know, I mean, because it was part of her religious beliefs. Uh, you know. Here's here's the thing, you know. Every time some kind of act of terror has happened, yeah, I've tended to lash out. On this one, I I'm kind of reserved. Yeah. And the reason that I'm reserved is like this. I've always said that you know this this type of battle. That we're currently in, we, we don't know who the enemy is. You know, we right. we have got a lot of false intelligence out there. Now, <laughs> what ends up happening is this: if you see a rabid dog coming at you, are you going to give it a treat? Of course not. You're going to shoot it. You got to be more savage than the savage that's trying to kill you in order to survive. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to read something to you. They, they, this is something that happened many years ago, and it was by, wait, I'm waiting for it to load up here, but it it was by a general, here it is, General Jack Pershing, also known as Black Jack Pershing, and what General Pershing done was this. Oh gosh! All right, hey, let's go. Come on, come on, come on! Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Okay, so what General Pershing done was this: he, he, whenever he was out in the Middle East, he uh, he, his guys came under attack by Muslim extremists, and General Pershing ended up. Ended up going at going out and taking, I guess you could say hostages. He you know, took fifty of them, and what what he ended up doing is tying up forty nine of them and leaving one to witness the events. Taking ten hogs, slaughtering them in front of these Muslims that they were battling. And right before he killed them, he stuffed their mouths filled with, you know, uh, pork meat and doused their bodies in the pork pig's blood. All right? Now, why is that relevant? Because the 
Muslim religion does not eat swine because they see it to be a filthy animal. And if they do, they are not allowed to go into their heaven. Now, what ended up happening, the one person that he ended up leaving alive got to go back to tell his, you know, counterparts what General Pershing and his group of Marines ended up doing. And from there on out, for over 100 years, there was peace. These cowardless, you know, these coward acts that were done in Paris, that were done in 9-11, that were done around the world, you know, these extremists believe that they believe with absolute ignorance that if they do this, they're going to go to their, you know, their paradise. They're going to meet. Yeah, Allah is going to grant them all these gifts and virgins and this and that. I have an issue with this. And the reason I have an issue with it is because instant lives get taken. And, you know, this happens in war, left and right, man. But but the thing is, we got to let the dogs loose. You got to let the rabid dogs go out and do what they do best without restraint. And then you'll start seeing change. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Oh, no, do you bro. think that um, if because I, I, what I'm afraid of is because I don't want this to be another thing, and I, and I really think that sometimes, okay, you have to strike back when you when it's necessary, but. I don't want it to be nothing because we've seen what happened when Republicans were, they were in office and, and what happened in 9-11, how we ended up in a war that we shouldn't have been in for such a long time. And we're still still the effects of that war. Do you think it's one of those things, if they were in office still, that they would have used this as an excuse to jump in foreign affairs and, and send our people over there and, you know, and put us in another situation that we we were in in the past that we're still trying to pay for it today. Like, do you think sometimes that, that a lot of people try to use situations like these for? Well, they absolutely their- do. They absolutely do. But but it's like I've always said: anything can be spin to bring out whatever viewpoint you want to bring. You know. Um, it, would, would they do that? Absolutely, they would. That, and, that's and why Republicans, with the elections coming up, they're going to use this. And if they think that Obama's not, or the Democrats aren't being as aggressive as they think they should, they're going to use this this situation as, you know, a way to boost their party. I, I really believe that. I mean. And, and, and I mean, I yeah, just, I just that, think that, that's that's how all government works, especially world powers. Now, that point he made about General Pershing, uh, you're basically talking about somebody creating a wasteland and then calling it peace. Like that's that's typical tyrant behavior. That's actually terrorism if you actually want to look at it, to where you're showing some people something that goes against their faith and leaving one survivor to go tell the tale. And actually, what you're doing is creating generations of warfare between those two areas. Uh, I look at this situation like this. I, I'm just as sad for the people of Nairobi and Kenya 
uh, who were mm-hmm. killed by terrorists, uh, as I am for the people in Paris, because these are innocent citizens. They have nothing to right. do with the war. But the problem is when you have wars on this scale, there are going to be citizen casualties. And if you're a country or you're, you're a group who can't uh, actually have warfare in the open against a stronger country, then you're going to use terrorism as your means of violence. Now, the same way that what happened in Paris happened, uh, we've got drone strikes going on all over the Middle East where children are dying and we're radicalizing young men who see members of their family dead. So this is an ongoing situation that really has no uh, quick solution. And what we're watching right now is the world starting to change as far as who's allies, uh, who's going to be the partner to who, and what does is, what is Putin do after France comes in and bombs Syria? Like, what does Putin do? Like, <laughs> all of these things are moving parts, and we really don't have enough answers to know what's going on. But it, right. it's sad that citizens are the ones who have to face the brunt of these things, which are decisions made by people in the upper uh, upper, upper levels yep. who are never close to the danger. Right. And I, and I feel like that, that was the situation with 9-11, too. Like, you know, um, innocent people, they, we, we don't know half of what's going on behind the scenes. But like you said, like like Colin said, we're the ones that feel the the brunt of these things that are happening behind the scenes, and I think that that's very unfortunate a lot of the time. But citizens always feel the brunt, and I mean, the upper powers have already rolled us out, and, and for us to win something, we're, we're going to have to eventually write somebody else's citizens out of the equation to probably win a war. Are we not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to come down to you, you. You 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 have to fight fire with fire to a point, and I if it, that's it, the route we choose, it, it, it's a route of logical insanity. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah, insane. it is. Like, it is. It's yeah. very insane. But that's the world we live in, and we're not going to change it by saying, "Well, that well, it sucks that citizens die. Yeah, it sucks, and and it, it's a tragic. Listen to that, but we're not going to win by saying that that's tragic." I mean, it's not going to stop by us saying it's tragic. They're not going to say, you're right, it's tragic. Our government's not going to say, you're right, it's tragic, and we're all going to stop. I mean, what can you say? So basically basically you're talking about globally, basically you're talking about globally citizens have to not only get control of their governments again, but also be able to put a leash on them when they start all of these yeah. things that are actually going to affect us. Like, that's that's yeah. the real conversation. The conversation yeah. of this insane road they want to go down, if we want to have more of the same, then we're just going to see countries and citizens fall. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. That you, that you wanted to say, because I know you were trying to say something. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say real quick that I think that what we saw with uh, Paris, it was really sad and unfortunate, and it's very similar to what we saw with September 11th. Um, it was definitely an act of terrorism. It was uh, a, definitely a sign of a, a traumatic, very, very traumatic situation. I think that people were more surprised than anything. But I think at this day and age, we have to stop being surprised and really look at what's happening in the world. Um, mm. A lot of the parts of the world are at, you know, are at ends. It's a lot of tragedy going on. It's a lot of starvation. It's a lot of things going on 
culturally that we really don't see, but we are seeing it. And because we're beginning to see it, it is an eye-opener. However, when we open our eyes to um, what just happened in Paris, it's kind of like a – it puts you in a weird position. It's like we didn't expect it to happen, but why are we so surprised by it? Like uh, he was just mentioning with the ISIS situation, you know, that's been going on for almost, what, a year now that it's been, like, big news. Like, uh, why are we not – I mean, why are we so surprised by it? I mean, I, I didn't foresee parents coming, but it's, like, almost predictable. I don't want to see things like this happen, but what can we do going forward to, you know, alleviate this? I, I think it's, it's very scary because at this point we don't know what's going to happen next. We saw this with Paris. Like I said, no one was expecting this to happen. It was a mind blower to everybody. Um, What what can we do going forward? Like, how does this stop? I mean, where does this even begin, like, with this act of terrorism just coming so close? Like, I think it was so close and so scary, and it's like, it's so realistic. It's more scarier than anything. Like, we don't know what's going to happen next. um, I have read online, people were saying, you know, they're scared to go to stadiums, and, you know, you can't fear living life. Is this really what we've come to? And that's what you know? exactly what I was about to ask you. Like, do you think that a lot of these that, that a lot of these extremist groups like ISIS, do you think that they get power by fear in the, the unknown? Do you yes. think terrorism uh, only works if you're terrorized? Like, exactly. That's, terror, that's the exactly. whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, works. That's where all power comes from, isn't it, is fear? I mean, we we, we let the government do we let the government do what it does because we fear they're going to take this away from us or they're going to take that away from us. We let extremists do what they're going to do because people fear they're going to take this away from us or that away from us. Leaders, we let leaders lead us for the most part these days because we're fearful of what's going to happen if they don't lead us. We was fearful that the banks were going to fail, so we gave a bunch of money to a bunch of rich people. I mean, we we're fearful that. Whatever was going to happen after, happen after 9-11, we were fearful we were going to get attacked again. So we went after the wrong war. I mean, it's, that's where all the power these days is coming from, is us being in fear of what? We're dying no matter what. When does it stop? Because think about it this way. you got groups out here with unlimited budgets, uh, unlimited surveillance, and wiretapping, Internet uh, surveillance, phone yeah. tapping, everything. And they still can't prevent an act from happening. So, at, at what point did we give up freedom for so-called security? And, and what did we get? And, and you know, what did we buy into? Point, I think that's a cover. A lot of times. Asking exactly that was my point in asking because at this point, I mean, we are living in a state of the art of some of the best technology that's ever advanced, and technology is something that's never going to stop. It's going to continue growing. We have some of the best technology. Like I had just saw, um, I'm looking uh, at an article right now that's online. A friend of mine had shared, and it's stating that the passports that they found in Paris were fake. Like how did that yeah. slip past security? It's like, I, it's just making me wonder, like, is, you know, a lot of people blame acts of terrorism on government. You know, they say that they're parts of, you know, you, you don't really know what to believe. And at this point, that's why I'm saying how do, how do we stop it? How do we get more involved uh, with terrorism? How do we stop it? You know, is it do we need to be more politically uh, involved, or what? What do we need to do to stop it? Like, because it's 
going to continue to happen. That's why I said I don't know why people were so surprised by it. It took us all by storm. You know, I can't, I can't stress that enough. But at this point, like, are we really surprised? September 11th, nobody anticipated that. No, I mean, nobody was anticipating that, but it happened. And then we have this happening. We have ISIS happening. Like, we're living in some of the best technology. We can keep track of what's going on in outer space, but we don't know what's going on in the next door country. Like, that's wow. scary to me. You know, yeah, I mean, think... we spend billions on outer space, but we don't. It took us almost 10 years to find Osama bin Laden. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. It, 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 that, I that, I'm not understanding that. I'm I not, think I'm the hope of where it all starts to end that is in shows like this and what we're doing right now. If more and more people start asking the questions that we are, which it is growing, there used to be nobody asking any kind of questions like this. And as long as shows like this keep going and we keep getting information out there and these questions are at least asked, that's the first step right there. Dialogue is a very, like, even just getting dialogue um, started. Like, you know. Yeah. And then I think think when we start asking questions like this, then we can start asking these questions of our leaders, too. I think that's a, that's, that's, that's 100% true. And that's yeah. why I had mentioned, you know, we do need to come more politically involved. People will say, you know, well, my vote doesn't count. What I say doesn't yeah. matter. No, it does matter. It, it really does matter because you have a voice. And the more that you have a voice, you can put forth what you want to see come to life. You know, we can't just uh, afford to sit back and say, okay, well, we've seen that. We're scared. We're just going to stay calm. We're, you know, we can't do that anymore. We're, we're living in the world where nothing is the same. Uh, look at, I mean, look at the news. We see it every day. We don't know what's going to happen. Something is always going on around us. And like I said, it's a shame when they can keep better contact and, you know, a better note of what's going on in outer space somewhere we don't even have connections to as far as travel right. versus our mm-hmm. next door country. I, I think that's ridiculous, and that's something that we need to be talking about right here in the U.S. or whatever state that, you know, we're all connected to on this line. You know, I think those are the questions we need to be asking our uh, our community leaders and our activists. We need to start asking them these questions because until we get to the root of that, we're never going to get anywhere. We're going to continue think, to be stuck, clueless, lost. Polit- politically, we need to get involved on individual areas, we, it, it, the 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 time for voting for just one party has to be over. Because right. Us little, right. us little citizens like this, me as leaning more right, I have no control over what the president does when Bush is in office, just as much as anybody leaning left has any control over what Obama does in office. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can, we we got to stop looking at it as oh well he's got an R next to his name can't vote for him. I like what right. it says, bud. He's got a D next to his name. Nope, not going to do it. We got to listen to what they say and believe they'll actually do it, and not worry about the R or the D or the yeah. I and, or and, and let me ask any you of that. We, we, we also we also have to expand our horizons. Like we can't get emotional about little, soft, small, simple wedge issues, whether it be gay marriage or some other thing that's not as big as what our real problem is, which is empire. The idea that globalization would make it to where the strongest countries in the world, the strongest militaries, would determine what other countries do, their markets, 
the price of commodities and how people live their lives. The empire needs to be rolled back. Every country needs to be isolationist and trade if they must. But this whole idea that you're going to dominate other countries and take their resources, like this stuff has to go because all it does yeah. is permit terrorism, permit blowback, and the citizens are going to be the ones who pay the price for it. And well, if we're being real about it, when we talk about that. right, but oh, when we talk about empire, the people who are actually benefiting are that one to ten percent, that wealthy group, that group who has huge multinational corporations. The citizens don't actually benefit from it. We actually lose from it by losing jobs. So why should we want to be these globalists that they're setting us up to be when we don't even actually share in the so-called process? Man, I was going to tell you, I've seen a video on Facebook about just the distribution of wealth in this country, and I think most people have an idea that the distribution of wealth is off-center like there is a – but I don't think they realize to what degree. Like, I, I don't think yeah. they really realize how bad it is. And, you know, like you said, well, you know, we're not the average Joe Smo. Like, you know, we're like most, the majority of this, we're not benefiting from the, any of that. But see, but we're going to be the ones that take the, the blow or the impact from it. You, you see what I'm saying? And it's well, just, what I, America I don't needs know. to do in that regard is we need to stop trying to make, like he was saying, every other place in the world. We like us. America is the land of the free. We have some of the most uh, popularity with, at least with every country, we have the most, uh, we have a lot of influences here, a lot of uh, opportunities here, yet we spend so much time trying to control and dictate what every other place around us is doing. And I Mm. think that America is, we're the number one coast. You know, if we can't get ourselves together, we can't get anywhere else together, that's for sure. You know, we got so much going on here, but we're focused on every other area. And I won't say we need yeah. to isolate from every other area because it is to be culturally and diverse, you know, in different areas of the world. We need to know what's out there so we know how to deal with things. But we need to pay specific attention to what we have going on here so we know how to deal with at home. We can't go knocking on somebody else's door if our door is wide open, you know what I'm saying? That, that's just like somebody with a filthy because... bathroom coming to your house trying to tell you how to clean. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. We, as Americans, we have to stop that. We want every other country to be just like us. No, they are diverse for a reason. Culturally, they're different for a reason. We need to focus on the land of the free. We need to focus on at home first before we knock on somebody else's door. You know, that that's the number one problem with America. Like, I'm proud to be an American. I love being oh. from America. I love, uh, you know, being from a, a land of free. The soil is mm. great. I love being from here. But until we get in tune with our own issues, we can't get anybody to be like us. Like, are we kidding? It, it just makes no sense. And then we wonder why. And, you, and you're right about that. Because we have... It, yeah, you were right about that because we have so much going on. Like, you know, with, with this country having the, the resources, there shouldn't be a problem with homelessness and, and, and hunger. And, and don't get me wrong, you're going to always have poor the poor. You're going to always have the disenfranchised. But, you know, to the, the How the poor are they? That, right. How poor yeah. are they? Do they have a roof over their head? Can they get something to eat? Like, how, right. how far should our poor be? That that's a, that's a huge question that a lot of people don't like to touch in America. Uh, because we we kind of go by the individualism route, so before you know it, 
Uh, you lose community, you lose city, you lose state. Why? And before you know it, you just got a whole bunch of individuals, and there's not a unified country really uh, right now, if, if, you, if we're being honest. So, yeah, all of those things breed uh, the problems that we have now. And, you know, these are things that we can actually solve if we weren't trying to run around the world and and dictate to everybody else. And funny how we only like to dictate to places that have oil or cobalt or magnesium or or, you know, they, they just happen to have a resource there. You know what, and it, it's, it's crazy that this this conversation came up because I was just watching an interview on a, a popular radio uh, show, um, The Breakfast Club, and they had a guest there, and the guest was speaking about um, how Oprah, you know, she's extremely rich. When you think of Oprah, the first thing you think of is money. Well, they were saying that she basically – Everyone knows she took her money and built a school over in Africa. Well, they were also stating that, you know, she, like, made all her billions of money in Chicago. You know, that's where her show was aired. That's where she made her billions from. But she never put a school in Chicago. That was one of the Ooh. conversations that they were having. So that's why I was stating, you know, it's weird that when we can go somewhere to a, another country and we can help them, but we're not doing anything for our own. That's why I said, how can we address another country or how can we go over and help another country if we're not willing to help our own? Then you touch base on starvation. There is absolutely no reason why starvation should be taking place at all. Like, I mean, how is that even a possibility in 2015? Now, you did say, you know, it's a possibility there are going to be some disadvantages as far as people who are dealing with poverty. And, you know, there are going to be some poor people. I mean, that's inevitable. We can't change that. But as big as uh, poverty is and, you know, the poor is, that that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. I think what we need to hold, even like, our, our celebrities speak to the fire of how comes they're not doing this stuff. I mean, I, and you got celebrities that get on TV and beg average citizens like us for money. And the only thing I can think of is, well, how much money did you give? You've got $14 million in the bank, and I've got $14. And you want me to give my last $14 to your charitable, charitable foundation. How much did you actually give? Because... I mean, could you have given half? If you would have given that $7 million and still had, you know, how much did you give? Because I'm tired of celebrities coming on telling me I need to give money while they're still mm-hmm. flying around in their freaking jets and not doing nothing. So I think part of it when it comes to poverty and stuff like that is we need to hold our own celebrities' feet to the fire and say, hey, Michael but Jordan, you're making $150 on people. a pair of shoes. That, that yeah, celebrity, celebrities are going to make. broker chain. Celebrity, if you're going to wait on celebrities, you're going to be waiting forever. Those yeah, people are I not know. only not qualified, but they're not able to fire. actually do it. Just, no, if you're going to do it, it's, it's going to come from the people pushing this country. Yeah, we, we spend you know, 33% of our national budget goes to the Department of Defense. If we decided we wanted to cut some of that and spend it domestically, we could. But we'd have to force force it to be done. And that will require citizens to actually get together, organize, and not fall for the tricks that both parties play against all people to split people up. So that's what that would require. It, it wouldn't be celebrities, though, man. They, well, you know what? That, I, I want to get on this like a, a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you, you, you can't even talk about celebrities. I want to talk about. A lot of people overlook these religious institutions here in America. Like, 
when you think about it, they're pulling in more weight and like money, and they have more power than we like to even acknowledge. Like you know, uh, like a lot of these uh, mega pastors and like you know a lot of these religious institutions, they have a huge empire and like a huge influence in this country as well. But you know, like a lot of people are brainwashed, and that's 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 a whole different topic right there. You know, I say if we're gonna talk about celebrities, you need no, to no, it's, it's a whole different topic, but it's relevant because. The same way that churches pool their money together to get things done, citizens could do the same thing. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be in reference of a, in the reference of a church in order for people to get together and decide that they want something to change. Uh, the fact that they spend money on buildings, and I, I ain't even gonna get into the billions that have been poured down the church coffers over the last thirty years that hasn't resulted to much. I ain't even gonna get into that. But the same concept can exist for citizens outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, man, this has really been a. I tell you, this has really been a good um, conversation tonight, and I and I would love to have you guys come back um, on a future show. We we usually air on Monday nights, and we we just talk about topics like this um, every week. You know, we just try to talk about relevant things that are going on in the world. And and like I said, it's, it's always fun and it's always a good thing to talk about, you know, entertainment and the latest gospel like that. But we really need to be in tune with what's going on as far as, like, serious topics as well. And I really like this um, dialogue. This has been very um, – I love the exchange. I really love the um, – just just the pivotity around it and you know and everybody has like different opinions like you know but um everybody's been very respectful and and and, and that's 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 the good thing about exchanging dialogue you know um it and also also opens you up to different perspectives too so i really appreciate you guys coming through tonight and and just um like really sharing um i believe this is michael he, i think he got kicked offline uh, Michael, is this you? Yes. Okay. I know you've been quiet for a while. You have anything that you want to add to the discussion? Uh, I think we have about 15 minutes left in the show. No, I think it's been a, a very informative and very insightful exchange to see what some, you know, just what it is that people are thinking out here. And people carry this over to election time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now is is definitely the. I mean, it's not too early to start looking at these issues and comparing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought somebody had some. No, I was just saying. I think it's, it's this is definitely the perfect time to start comparing notes and candidates and just seeing what and start doing your research. And like um, the caller said earlier. Um, Two two five, like man, you have to get out of this. This is, you know, we're living in different times. You can't just go by party alone. You have to, you have to vote based on what works best for you and what fits your needs. Because I think a lot of times we get into this, this, you know, and I've been guilty of this in the past. But you know, now that I've gotten older, I've gotten wiser. You know, you have to to research candidates and you have to vote for people that are going to address your needs. Not just your needs, your community needs too, because we can't be totally individualistic about 
you know, what's going on. So I, I really think that conversations like this should carry over to election time. Like, you know, we need to start doing our research. We need to know who's who's uh, uh, representing us. And I was just talking to this lady at work uh, uh, last week, and she was just talking about, you know, um, she moved down here from Gary. Um, this, that's my homegirl. I'm not going to mention her name on um, on air, but she was just talking about how, like, the last couple of mayors that they've had um, have pretty much taken funds from the city. And, and Gary used to be a very prosperous city, but now, like, you know, due to corruption and people, like, you know, getting into office, just raping that city of funds, now that it's getting to the point to where um, – they're starting. They're thinking about cutting off utility to like over half of Gary because it's so isolated and desolate in that city. And I think a lot of times, like you know, a lot of people sit back and just let people get into office. You don't get out there and vote. You don't get out there and demand more from these leaders. And this is what happens. You know, a once thriving city is now just a murder cap. One of the highest rates of murder in this country. And it's just really sad. That's why we have to get involved, not just in national politics, but local politics as well. Because you don't know who, if you don't know who's who, you're allowing to offer anything bound to happen. You know, so well, I, I really I think, think another mm-hmm. another scary part about that is that you have to remember. Just because you vote for someone doesn't mean that that's entirely who they are. you got to remember, at the time yeah. of the election, they're completely different. So I think it's also important to understand, adding to what you're saying, is that we have to understand that some of these people that, you know, we are voting for typically tend to have different agendas as they're in yeah. office. So really do your research. You know how, like, they do a four background on, like, everyone before they're in office? You know, they start pulling all types of paperwork out of the woodworks. We need to start being involved like that as well about these people. I mean, it's sad to say, but a lot of these people have different agendas, and and that's just the negative. I mean, the, the naked truth behind it is we vote for these people and we have no idea what they're – then that was our fault. But if we do the research, we can find out a little bit of stuff about them on our own. You know, we have to do mm-hmm. that before we vote on that, too. So I just wanted to throw that out. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you, have you ever noticed this? You know, I've noticed this, like, how a lot, and, and I've seen this throughout the years. It's, it's kind of, it's, I'm not going to even say it's funny. It's really sad. How, uh, like, when, when people out there campaign, you notice how they want to come to the black community. And they want to go to all the churches. You notice how they go to all the churches and they want to sit in morning worship until they get up mm-hmm. there, on, you know, up there and say their little political spiel, and then they disappear out the church. And then you see them everywhere, but when you elect them in, you can never get in touch with them to come out and speak on behalf of the community. And, and, Sad, and that, isn't that, it? <laughs> yeah, and that, and that goes to show you just exactly what you said, man. These people have different faces that they want you to see at different times, that's and, right. uh, and 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 it's just it's really sad. Like you know, and that's why we have to really take back our power and realize the power of our vote because everybody's you know scrambling for our vote, but once they get that vote, man, they they don't want anything because they've already got what they want out of you, <clears throat> and, and 
and the politics a lot of times is just a game of just getting in and doing what you have to do just to get to where you want to get to. Right. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's like once you're in there, once you're in there, you're safe. I mean, you, uh, the, a lot yeah. of these politicians, once they get there, they've been there for how long? I mean, I've seen what was I? I, I don't even remember the name. The, the woman politician that was in the wheelchair and couldn't hear, yet he got evo. He got elected every time he came up for election to get in. It's like, it, 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 I mean, it, it's not that it was handicapped. It's that I mean, the man couldn't even hear what was going on. How did he win in an election? How did somebody say yes? This guy that that can't barely hear and is in a wheelchair and can't barely talk is a better candidate than anybody else in the entire city. Well, I'll I mean, tell you who said that. Money said that. Money talks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the truth. A lot of these uh, politicians, they have a lot of people who are willing to back them financially because it's a game for them. You know, that they're able to get money from it. And it's really sad because these are the people that people are entrusting to, you know, speak for them and, you know, make these great decisions that will help them or better their communities and better their lives, whether it be as far as health, as far as uh, finances, all sorts of things. But money talks. Money is the root of all evil, and it controls our government. That's And that's the truth behind it. These people, uh, yeah. they have yeah. people who donate, you know, especially private donors. Like um, I know there are plenty of politicians who have – private investors that, you know, they are, they may be anonymous, but they're donating their money because it's a game for them. Yeah, and yeah, and that's, money. that's why the reality is we, we can't think in terms of we're going to switch out this them for this Repub. We have mm. to understand that this is not, this system was not set up to be a two-party system. We have to right. bring other parties into the mix. We have to get money out of politics because people buy politicians every day. If I fund mm-hmm. your campaign, when you get in office, now I got some things I want you to do for me while you're in office. And when you get out, I got a job waiting for you. That's the mm-hmm. system that we have right now, and that has to be broken. Otherwise, we just mm-hmm. keep switching people in and out, complaining and saying, why haven't things changed when we have systemic failure? That That's the issue. We have wow. to fix the broken yep. system. But you yep. know what? When people ask why haven't things changed, we got to start asking them, well, why did you say the same? And I, yeah. I think that's important that we have to start asking because when people have these, you know, these questions that they're asking and they're making their comments, it's easy to voice your opinion and say, well, I, I'm going through and I can't understand why anything's going on, but yet you knew what was happening, what was taking effect, but what stance did you take? And I think that's what we have to start doing with each other. We have to, like I said, we have to start being responsible for ourselves and each other. We cannot no longer depend on um, someone who is politically in office to speak for us because we've seen what happened once we've done that. It's like a cause and effect. We've seen what's happened time and time again. So the next time that somebody asks you or they make a statement, well, you know, nothing's changing. I'm tired of this. A wise person once said, when you you get tired, you're going to come out. So with that being said, if you're so tired of what's going on, what are you going to do to change it? Let's let's make the change together. Let's start doing that. It's easier said than done, but once it's done, the effort was well worth it. You know what I'm saying? That, that, and that's how I feel mm-hmm. about everything. 
I, I feel I feel very strong about that. I feel like it's easy, very easy for anybody to say, you know, well, I'm just so tired of sitting in the same situation. They're not doing anything for our people. We have to stop that mentality and way of thinking, and we have to start doing something about it. Let's get active. It has to do you something know, different, too. Exactly. You can't keep expecting the same, you know, uh, a, a new change with the same results. It's, it's like in, that's what they call insanity, insanity. and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It really is. Yeah, you know, and, you, and if you do so, the same somebody thing, brought up somebody brought up Gary, Indiana, a, a little bit ago. Think about it. Yeah. Uh, people flocked to Gary, Indiana, decades ago because it was a manufacturing hub. There were jobs yeah. everywhere, factories everywhere. As we lost those jobs because companies can make more money sending those jobs overseas, the people who had means moved out of Gary, and the people who were there stuck there. They're a low tax base, so they can't afford to really fix up the schools that they need. So you've got a situation that becomes desolate and violent and dangerous, and then people turn around and point at them and say, y'all stuff is messed up when they were set up to fail. But where does education play a role in that? Because, you know, it was just weird that somebody was, we, it's like we just had this conversation. They were saying, like, yeah. I think it's like it was a big thing this year. Uh, a lot of the McDonald's workers, they went on strike. They wanted uh, more pay. Now, I'm all for advancing in the workplace. I'm all for it. But do you think that it's acceptable to give someone $15 an hour with them being content at that? Think about that. Right. $15 right. and content, that is sad. Now, $15, don't get me wrong, it's good money. It's, it's not bad money, depending on where you live. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay money. But fast food was meant for high school-level children. And it's sad yeah. the adults think that this is where we need to be with higher pay. What happened to educating yourself and Education. wanting to do better? Yeah, basically what you're saying is, is that it's okay for us to stay at McDonald's because we deserve fifteen dollars an hour. No, no, that's not. Complacent. That's not the it's point. complacent. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that I think their fight is their fight is misguided because they don't understand that commodities aren't going to change. So that fifteen dollars an hour is just going to get ate up anyway because gas exactly. will go up, electricity will go up, and all of that. But I th- I do think they do have a good argument just in the sense of what they're saying is. We gave away our jobs. There is no advancement here. This is the best I can get. I'm working 40 hours a week and can't make ends meet. So when we got a situation where people are working hard as hell and still can't get by, uh, you have a systemic issue in your country that needs to be fixed. And we can either address it or not, but blaming those $15 an hour folks who are a little misguided, that won't give us an answer either. We need jobs back here. Well, that's true. But what I was really trying to say in so many words was that's where we've become the most content at. We've, we're content at with being just okay, and that's not okay. We need to be advancing ourselves educationally. We need to see a bigger picture instead of being stuck at a picture and saying, okay, this is the last thing that I want to see. No, we, you, want, you should want the best for yourself. What are we saying to the children that are coming up? Oh, it's okay to work at McDonald's because – they're going to pay you $15 an hour. No, you deserve more than that. You should do better than that. I want you to do better than what was done before. You don't just stay at one level and be content with that. How do you think people that are most successful have become that way? Because they kept going. Success 
but most of most of, them, most of them inherited. But what we're talking about, this is what I'm trying to say, basically. If we had education rates to the amount that we actually wanted, and people were graduating, they had degrees in their hand, where are the jobs? That's like, you true. see where the education That's argument falls apart? Like, we still that, don't have the structure and the jobs here. And when Obama gets up there and talks about the job report, says we have X amount of new jobs. Does he say that those are part-time minimum wage jobs? No. He just says jobs. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and you know so what? these are that's things true. we got to fix, man. No, that's a great conversation that you're having because when we make that uh, consensus, that's what needs to be a part of our conversation when we're going forward to address our politicians. That now that we yeah. see the picture, we're able to track the conversation. We're able to say, okay, this is the problem. Now we got a dialogue we can take to them and say, okay, this is what we're facing and this is why we need change. But we have so many people who are, like I said, content and being in a position that they're in, it's okay for them. And that's why I'm saying that's the mentality we have to change because it's not just okay for right. you to be at one and, level and, and be stuck and and then, too, like, you have to look at this, you know, it's, it's, education is always going to be an important key to that because if you're not informed, you can't even have that dialogue, you know. So you have to be informed. You have to be educated, you know, I mean, regardless if there's jobs or not, because if you don't have that knowledge, you can't, you, you're not able to vocalize or you're not able to come forth and, you know, start having this dialogue, you know what I'm saying? So. It's, That's true. It's, um, yeah, and I don't. I don't think anybody who's poor or living badly is content with it. I think they're struggling, yeah. wishing they could do better, hoping to do better, working to do better. Uh, man, the, the the competition at being the the manager at Walmart is heavy as hell now. Like things are different, man. You know how many people got a degree and have had to reduce themselves to go into some type of retail or fast food because that industry shrank up right in front of them. We saw thousands of middle-class kids with degrees sitting outside in New York talking about Occupy a few years ago. Why? Because they got out of college, did everything they, they they were told they were supposed to do, and there were no jobs for them. Well, we got to fix this, man. We, there, there's only so many excuses we can make. Like, there has to be jobs here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's people with... It's people with doctorate degrees that can't find jobs. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about the education that you have. Not the specifics. It's the fact that you keep advancing. Don't just be content with being in one position and be okay with that. True, nobody who's in poverty is content with that. Sure, they should want better, but are they really making that initiative to do better? Now we have a whole different conversation. You see what I'm saying? The dialogue can continue to go on and on and on and on. But until we address oh, okay, so well, I, I, I'll solve it real simply for you. Let's say there was a gold mine in a poor neighborhood, and all you had to do was get a shovel, go out there, and break your back to get your gold every day. Mm-hmm. Do you think poor people would line their ass up at 5 in the morning all day and be out there shoveling that gold? You know they would because people just need opportunity. If we don't have opportunity, mm-hmm. then we got what we got now. That's I got I got a couple raggedy cousins who ain't never done much in their life. You put a gold mine out there and told them all they had to do was sweat. Oh, they out there. Yeah. And you know what? That's why I'm saying all I want to do is this conversation is so great. Like I've been mm-hmm. uh, like I, yeah. I really plan to share this with some people because, like I said, this is the conversations we need to have. It's like nobody. I'm not like nobody is having these conversations, but 
we need more people to have this type of conversation. Because, yeah. like, when the they're not talking about it, 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 it's just Indeed. it's really it puts you in a different perspective of everything. I'm seeing different pictures. I'm seeing different things that we need to go forth and do now. So, you know, I, I got a bigger picture. I got a better picture. I have clarity on some things that, you know, I didn't know before. But I do feel like this was a great conversation, definitely. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I think we all learned a lot and going to be Googling the hell out of stuff we heard tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, definitely go back and, you know, I tell people, like, go back and download these shows. They're free. Just go back, you know, because I, I my thing is I just I really like doing these shows because I just want something, you know, one thing that is said that can help somebody out or help them to become motivated in life or just to make a change. I feel that what we've done is not in vain. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to thank you guys for calling in. Um, I really appreciate just the dialogue and just 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 the positivity surrounding this this particular broadcast. And I really hope you guys will come back again because we, we have conversations like this all the time, you know. It's good to talk about lighthearted news, but um, we, like you said, I think it's necessary to talk about, you know, also be informed about what's going on in the world around you realistically. Mm-hmm. So I just want to thank you guys again. Um, um, check you, like I said, you guys can check us out at youtube.com slash UCOFW for some of our past excerpts of our show. Um, join our Facebook group page at um, just type in UCOFW or type in the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. Um, we will be back next Monday night. Um, we're going to be talking about more, um, you know, news and kind of uh, political things. And uh, we have a couple of um, inter- exclusive interviews that are coming up pretty soon. So um, does anybody have any uh, last-minute comments or any plugs you want to make or anything that you're doing that you would like the community to know about because we're all about trying to, you know, uplift and, you know, promote people within. So I didn't know if you guys had anything that you would want the community to know about or anything that you're doing or anything that you know about that could help somebody out. Um, there's, uh, well, there's going to be an event that's going on. Um, I don't know if you guys are all familiar with, um, I can't think of the name of it, but it is a it's a nonprofit organization. They're going to be having this event. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, it's basically for uh, the youth getting mm-hmm. involved with the youth. I think uh, it's a great platform for the youth to hear some of these things too, because when they can look up and you know look at their older adults and some of their older peers who can give them this information early, just imagine what change that could make within the kids. You know, um, that could definitely do some great things. Um, This is definitely in the Indianapolis area. It's going to be downtown. It's on the uh, 9th of next month. Um, I'm trying to find the name of it. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you travel with uh, your show? Um, yeah, like we're open to um doing like like I said, I could always like a tape pre like a, a pre tape show or I can you know, yeah, we can travel with it. Um oh. and I'm like I said, I'm always willing to reach out or have people come on the show that that are doing stuff in the community. I'm always 
up for promoting that. Oh, yeah, okay, do you have a website? Now, now, do you have our, because uh, I can let her know about it. Okay, and then, like like I said, you can, um, I don't know if you have Facebook or something, but you can um, join our group page, and if you want to post it on there, um, the information or whatever, yeah, we can pass that along, or we can, uh, I can kind of connect with the, the group or whatever, and we can probably set something up. Okay, for sure, for sure. I will do that. I will. Yeah. I got a shameless plug, then. I do uh, Christian hip-hop right here in Indianapolis. So um, mm-hmm. you can just Google my stage name, capital B as in boy, L-I-N-K-Y-D as in Dustin. It's Blinky D. I had a website, but it's down. So just look up Blinky D, and all my songs are free, free downloads. I just do it for, you know, to put it out there and spread mm-hmm. my message. So um, that goes a shameless plug for you. Yeah. I, and I just wanted to send this shout out before we get off the air. Um, I know I don't know. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure if you you live here in Indianapolis, I'm pretty sure you heard about the life and legacy of Amos Brown. And um, I, yeah. I really admire him. And just even even when his in in his death, like he he worked hard. Like he worked. You know, even though he had a lot going on in his personal life, like he sacrificed and gave so much of himself. To the Indianapolis community, you know, and, you know, he he originally came from Chicago. He moved down here, and ever since he moved down here in '75, like he's been here, like for about 40 years, just working hard to improve um, Indianapolis. And I really think that I, I don't, I, I think people are gonna be in for a rude awakening because I think it's one of those things that you don't realize what you have until gone. It's gone. And it's all right. He did so much for this community. Like people could call in and get answers to things and he was just an advocate for the community. Like and um and I and I don't think people realize how much clout he had. Like I mean he knew a lot of celebrities. He knew a lot of people. He was like a real big force within Radio One. You know, even yeah. you know, especially here. I mean I just really want to just um send a shout out to him. You know, we're still praying with the family and stuff like that. And it just goes to show you, you have to do what you can while you can, because you never know That's tomorrow's right. not promised to anybody, you know. And I just, I really am just appreciative of him and just what he's done for this city, you know. Um, I've had a chance to meet him a, a time or two, and he's he just with my brief encounters with him, he's been very inspirational to me, you know. Um, okay. Just always willing to help and just willing to give a good word of advice. And uh, willing to speak for the voice, you know, and I think that that's what really um, impressed me about him is like he he was an advocate for the people that didn't have a voice within this city. So um, I just I just wanted to say that before we got out there and stuff tonight, but um, yeah, it, we're just all about positive um, just things that are positive here. You know, like I said, you know. Um, and I think that's what we we're lacking today. And I, and I feel a lot of times if you're promoting something negative, and like we were saying earlier, if you're promoting ratchet behavior and and all this stuff, then you know that's that, those are people that truly get a lot of attention. But I really want to change that. You know, I I, I think that um, promoting something about positive can get you out there as well. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. 
Uh, indeed, thank you for the time. Thank you all for letting me on your show. I know I talk a lot, but hey, man. I always <laughs> help you. So, yeah, this is my lot. first time calling in. I definitely enjoy the show. Uh, I mm-hmm. do want to thank you for the opportunity to speak. I am a bit verbal sometimes, uh, <laughs> but I just get inspired by great conversations and uh, people who are actually intellectual and are willing to discuss topics that need to be discussed. So I really do uh, enjoy the show. I like the entirety of the platform. I think what you do is great, and I think you should definitely continue with this show. This is it's awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys, and I like I said, I don't take anything lightly because people don't have to support what you do, like, and people don't have to be kind to you, and that's something I've learned a long time ago. People don't have to, uh, you know, stand in your corner. You know, like like the old saying goes, like, uh, people don't have to be nice to you, and when they are, they don't have to be nice to you. So I, I really just want to thank everybody for the support. Thanks for, you know, coming in and just having this dialogue and I hope it won't be your guys' last time and stuff like that. And uh, that's pretty much it. I hope everybody has a good night and uh, hope to hear from you guys again. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye.